You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. A lot to get to on today's podcast. BYU held media availability yesterday for BYU football as they begin preparations in earnest for the Naval Academy just 12 days away. We'll get you some of the highlights, some of the comments from both Kalani Satake as well as wide receiver Neil Pau. We'll also catch up on the player countdown series, the best Cougar to have worn the number 12 as we continue to count you down to the college football season. BYU Navy just 12 days away, folks. It's coming quick. And obviously, need to catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A teaser ahead. I've got some breaking news in terms of the transfer portal that we'll get to here in a little bit as well. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar, as well as rockauto.com, and our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I'll tell you about all three of those companies here in just a little bit. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 26th, 2020. What's up, my friends? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, in my day job. And a big thank you once again for downloading your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Uh, first things first, I hope you guys are all doing well. And the good news is, is BYU is now officially in game week mode preparation. Obviously, they're still 12 days away from kicking off their season at Navy, but they have begun preparations for the Naval Academy in earnest, and that should excite all all of you. Uh, BYU held media availability yesterday, and Kalani Sitake spoke to the media and said he's pretty upbeat about this team. He really feels like they've got some good things going for them, but I think going into a game like this, BYU's got their work cut out for them because the Naval Academy, that triple option offense that they run coming off a 10-win season, they are plenty dangerous, and I think BYU understands what they're up against when they face off against the Naval Academy, and a little bit by extension, their second game of the season against Army, they got plenty to worry about in that regard guard as well. So I think getting an early start on the option and really honing in on it, focusing on it is going to be a benefit for the BYU football program. In talking with some people around the program over the past couple of days, it appears that the BYU offense has taken a little bit of a backseat to the BYU defense, a little bit of flip of the script from earlier on in fall camp. We heard a lot from Kalani Sitake and others saying that BYU's offense was absolutely kicking butt and really just taking it to the defense. Well, it appears that things are changing. Uh, Yesterday in The Athletic, Bruce Feldman, one of the best scribes, best writers of college football that we have currently, wrote a piece that featured the best, uh, I guess what we call the best coordinators of the teams that are going to be playing football this fall. And on that list, there were 15 of them. He had number seven, Jeff Grimes. During uh, his his prospectus on what BYU was looking at. He really ran down what he expects from BYU's offense. At the end, he says that BYU as a team actually has the opportunity here to be a top 10 nationally ranked offense in terms of the metrics. And I asked the question to Neil Pau, the fact that you guys have that pub coming your way, what does that mean to you? And a very interesting response here from Neil. We got a lot of work to do after today, after the past couple of practices we had this week. It's a, it's looking like the the bottom 10 um, so we're just going to take each day as its own um, and continue to work towards being that top 10 offense that we want to be. That would be cool to have that. Uh, there's some uh, 
things that we got to do better, such as the red zone, to be able to be in that top 10 offense. So um, we're going to continue to feel, focus on this next week and a half, and hopefully on Navy we can put on the show. So Neil Pout, who says they're a bottom 10 offense right now, and I think that's a credit to the BYU defense. They've really come on strong, especially in that last scrimmage of fall camp last Thursday. Kalani Satake said they had their moments. In talking with some people around the program, our practice insiders, uh, they said that the BYU defense, by and large, actually has won the day for the past few practices, at least in a row. They've really made things tough on BYU's offense, and that's good to see. You didn't want to see this defense just give up and say, you know what, we can't compete. They've really brought it, and that's a positive for the BYU football program. I think both sides of these of the ball for BYU, that quote, iron sharpens iron, very much is applicable to this situation for the BYU football program. Uh, Kalani Satake was asked yesterday during his media availability what he made of the defense, their strides they've made, and just kind of his overall confidence level in the BYU defense. Here's what his comment was. We have a lot of experience, a lot of different places, and and and, and that's, a, I think, in all all the uh, all positions, you know, and we uh, I like our backers and a little bit biased because I spent a lot of time with them, but uh, I think you know, looking at that, the experience that we have at safety and and corner, and uh, I, I like the way these guys work. So I'm just going with that, and I know when we get to this moment of of you know uh, when the when we're going live and everything, I just like the way that they've reacted to the the tough situations we put them in, and so and I know Navy will do some things that that are way faster than what we can simulate here, but I really believe in these guys, and I think that the leadership on the team has been a big key on the defensive side. There you go, Kalani Satake, pretty upbeat about his defense. He thinks that the leadership of that unit is really going to lead them to good things this fall, and I hope he's right because I think the biggest strength of BYU's defense is that experience. But the problem is. is the defense, it looks like on paper right now and talking with people around the program, it's pretty thin in terms of the frontline guys are very good. Guys like Kairos Tonga, Lorenzo Fawatea, defensive tackle. You have guys like uh, Alden Tofa at defensive end, Zach Daw out there at end as well. The linebacking core is pretty experienced despite their relative youth. And the secondary, plenty of veterans dotting the roster in that regard. But beyond that, the the backups, even into the second and third string, when you rotate a lot of guys like BYU's defense does, that's where it gets more dicey right now. I think that BYU is going to be able to hold their own when it's ones versus ones versus Navy. But when the twos come in to spell the ones for BYU on defense and go up against that triple option defense, can they hold down the fort? Can they be the reliable guy that can go out there and get the job done? It's going to be very important for those players to be able to do that because if Navy gets the opportunity to really start gashing BYU with dives up the middle, uh, the quarterback sneak around and all the different things that go into the triple option that make it so dangerous, you're going to see this offense run roughshod on BYU. And that's a dangerous, dangerous game for BYU to play. So we'll see how everything shakes out. But it sounds like the defense really has shown well so far in the past week or so for the BYU football program. Obviously practicing against a spread offense like BYU runs versus preparing for an option defense. That's two different things. And obviously BYU is doing plenty of work in that regard. Uh, They've already divvied up the scout teams. Guys like Mason Fakahua are playing the option quarterback role for BYU as well as other guys like Talmadge Gunther who have been quarterbacks in their high school days. They're simulating what Navy's going to run on offense, and it's going to be very important for them to be able to simulate at full speed what Navy's going to do. I don't think they'll ever recreate it 
step for step that Navy does it because let's be honest the midshipmen they practice this offense day in and day out BYU scout team here has got a few weeks to really get things down but if they can give them a good enough look that BYU feels confident in slowing down what Navy's going to throw at them from the option hey that's an advantage for the BYU defense you heard Kalani Satake say that the leadership's going to be a be a big key for BYU on defense and Neil Pau. He's really down on the offense right now. So he obviously is frustrated with what's going on as BYU's defense has dominated them the past few times. But hey, as I said, iron sharpens iron and it appears things are looking up for BYU as we get closer and closer to this season. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll get you some more of the highlights from BYU football media availability yesterday. Need to talk about the starting quarterback position. Kalani Sitake non-committal about when they're going to announce the starter. Also had some good thoughts on the BYU quarterback battle and also, excuse me, not the quarterback battle, the running back battle in terms of who he thinks is going to contribute to that position and we'll also get Neil Pau's take on some of the things going on with the BYU offense as well. That's all coming up here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. I have told you guys a lot about this company recently, and I have to tell you guys this much. It is the best place. I mean, the only place for you to get the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. You need something as simple as motor oil? They've got that. You need a more complex part, maybe an entire engine? I'm sure they can take care of you in that regard as well. And the best part about it all is rockauto.com has reliably low pricing each and every day. You don't have to sign a contract or join a membership program to get these prices. This is a company that believes in taking the bite out of what repairing cars can do to a person. Any of you who have been to a body shop, an auto shop, and seen the astronomical bill it feels like it can be to get your car fixed, know what I'm talking about. Go to rockauto.com, get the parts your car, truck, or SUV will need. It's all shipped directly to your door, and like I said, all for a reliably low price. I can't recommend this company enough. They've been absolutely marvelous to me so far, and I hope they will be marvelous to you guys as well. A 20-year-old company, they're there to help you guys out, family run and they just want to make your life a little bit simpler by making sure that your car is taken care of. Go to rockauto.com, make sure to mention Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box when you stop by to let them know that we sent you, and make sure you take care of your car. Get it the parts it needs at the right price and have it all shipped directly to your door. That's rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out once again at rockauto.com. Need to take a minute, guys, and tell you about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control on today's podcast. You've heard me talk about these guys a lot, but I can't recommend them enough. They are the best of the best when it comes to the pest control game here in the state of Utah. They're located in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. So if you need pest control services, give them a call. Right now, I'll give you the phone number, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. I can't recommend All Guard Pest Control enough to you guys. They take care of my home. I can tell you this much. Since they last came, I've had no problems with pests trying to get inside my home. They come out. They make sure that the problem that you're facing, no matter what it is, ants, spiders, uh, termites, Whatever it might be, they will make sure it's taken care of and you are completely satisfied with their service. Seth and his team are the best of the best. They are trained in every facet of what it takes to get rid of the pests that are bothering you and they'll make sure it's taken care of. You don't have to have that. You you can have that peace of mind is what I'm trying to say. Excuse me, but check them out. That's All Guard Pest Control. You can look online to learn more about them at allguardpestcontrols.com or simply Google their their name. Their online reviews are absolutely marvelous. Five-star reviews up and down Google, everywhere else you can think of the reviews that would go. 
Seth and his team are the best. They're big time BYU fans as well. So guess what? You're supporting a fellow Cougar fan when you support All Guard Pest Control. Once again, give them a call if you have any needs. 801-851-1812 or check them out online at allguardpestcontrols.com. The best part about it is, is, like I said, they're based in Utah County, but they can service anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Whether you're in Davis, Weber County area, Tooele County, Wasatch, Salt Lake County, they will take care of you guys. They're willing to travel to make sure that you have that that peace of mind knowing that your home is protected from all those creepy crawly things that try to get inside your home. So once again, check it out. That's our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Call them 801-851-1812 or go online at allguardpestcontrols.com. As I mentioned, BYU is getting ready for a season coming up in just 12 days. A lot of people are wondering, who is the starting quarterback going to be for the BYU football program? Um, breaking news in three, two, and one. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I have told you time and time again that Zach Wilson is the guy this season. Barring an injury, he will be the starting quarterback for BYU against the Naval Academy in just 12 days. Sorry to burst your bubble there, but Kalani Satake was talked was asked yesterday if he was ready to reveal who the starting quarterback was for BYU, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, they're close. They're close to naming one, so I'll uh, when we're ready to do it, we'll have it. We'll have it out there, but. Um, I think the guys have done a pretty good job. I, I feel really good about, uh, you know, four quarterbacks that can play for us right now. So, um, yeah, I'll just I'll leave it up to that. The they that he is referring to is the offensive coaching staff, the brain trust of Jeff Grimes, Aaron Roderick. It also involves guys like Fessy Satake, as well as Eric Mateos and uh, Steve Clark, who also weigh in with their thoughts. But I can tell you this much. I am 99.9999999 to the nth degree positive that Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback against the Naval Academy. That comes from people I've talked to inside the program and just reading between the tea leaves, talking to people who have been at practices recently and seen how many reps that uh, that Zach is getting. I already mentioned last week that Baylor Romney is very much entrenched as the number two guy currently for the BYU football program, and that's nothing against Jaron Hall. I think Jaron Hall is a more than capable quarterback. You heard Kalani say that he has four guys he can trust. That includes a guy like Soljay Maiava-Peters, who has proven that he is a capable guy as just a true freshman. BYU's got an embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position. I understand that it's going to really lead to some frustration because there are people who are firmly in the camp Jaron, who are in firmly camp Baylor, and people who are in, in camp Zach, who looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback. I understand the v- different qualities each of them possess. This coaching staff, they're just doing the best they can do to win games, and they believe that if, if they believe that Zach Wilson is that best opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and trust them. They get paid the big bucks to make these decisions. Their livelihood is at stake. If they make the wrong decision, they could lose their job. That's the plain and simple truth of the matter. This is a dog-eat-dog world in college football, and it's just it's crazy out there. But uh, Neil Pau, who we talked about a little bit earlier today, also weighed in on the quarterback battle and what he thinks of the different options that they have at quarterback for BYU and the relative strengths they all bring to the table. I think it's big for any office across the country to have someone that's played before just come in and try to fill them, fill in the role as best as they can. And they've played before, so it's not something new to where they'll be shocked by the lights or uh, by the opponent, whatever it is. They just come in and just like practice. Uh, practice makes perfect. 
There you go. A guy like Neil Pau, he's had his own troubles over the past year, had to sit out an entire season as he dealt with honor code issues relating to a legal situation he found himself in. And I think this is a guy who understands the value of having an entrenched guy or entrenched guys who can get it done to the quarterback position. He has seen the value of all these guys, their experience, what they bring to the table. And as you heard him say, it's nice just to have options out there that can really get things done if we need them. And I think that Zach Wilson is going to be the guy, but the best friend of a quarterback is a running back that he can rely on or running backs he can rely on. Kalani Sitake also weighed in on that, what he expects to see from the running back position at BYU. Will it be one guy and a bunch of guys who are contributing on the side, or is it going to be a by-committee approach? Here's what he had to say. Um, without giving too much about our, our game planning and scheme and stuff, I think you have backs that can do a lot of different things, and, and you know we have certain backs that, are, that do good things out of the backfield, in, including blocking and catching the ball and so I think utilizing those guys I think you're going to see a bunch of different personnel groups on the field and a lot of different uh, we're going to utilize all the skill we have so it's not going to be like we're just going to play with the same 11 guys you know we we have a lot of talent and I expect our offense to use them all to score points and so yeah you, you'll, you'll probably see a good number of running backs that are on the field and and uh, different personnel sets that, that maybe we haven't done much of in the past. So it sounds like the by committee approach is how BYU is going to go through the season this year. And it's not a bad idea because it sounds like guys like Lopini Katoa have shown well in fall camp as well as Tyler Algier. Hinkley Rapati, since he showed up, has been an absolute revelation. BYU thought from day one that he could be a guy who would really just enter the mix right away. You also have a proven guy like Jackson McChesney set a freshman record with what the 220-yard game he had at UMass a year ago. He's got plenty to prove in his own right, so that's four bodies right there. And then when Sione Finau returns to the mix, and I would expect that it's going to return sooner rather than later, you're going to have five different running backs that you think have an opportunity to really show what they can do. I know that the amount of injuries that BYU has suffered at that position group, speaking of running backs over the past few seasons, is just abysmal. It's awful. You think about how many guys have seen extensive time due to injuries for other guys. And it's something that I would venture to say that if you were to put the odds on it of it happening again, wouldn't be very good. But we've all seen with our own eyes that BYU has just struggled to keep guys healthy. Here's hoping that 2020, despite all the other crap that's gone on this year, it means a good season of good fortune and good health for the BYU running back position group. I'd like to see it. I think all of them staying healthy. They complement one another well. They have different strengths they bring to the table similar to the quarterback position battle that BYU's been facing with Jaron and Baylor and Zach and I think that you're going to see a top three I think early on in the season consisting of Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier and Hinkley Ropati but I wouldn't be surprised to see guys like Sione Fino enter the mix as soon as he is cleared to return. Jackson McChesney has plenty to say in his own right. He is going to be chomping at the bit to prove that he deserves playing time. And I hope that all five of those guys, if not somebody else, let's say Luke Andrade comes on strong at some point or a JaVale Brown, they get their opportunity to go out there and shine and show what they can do. And hey, I hope that the running back position group returns to being a strength for the BYU football program rather than a hindrance and just kind of a, a black eye for the program when in terms of you can't keep a guy healthy for any significant length of time. So there you go. Some of the highlights from BYU football media availability yesterday. I thought some good thoughts overall, and here's hoping that BYU's offense can rebound a little bit as well and get things going, and they can continue to really prepare one another for the upcoming slate of games. All right, coming up here in a moment, we'll stay with the BYU football theme of things. Need to get to our player count. 
Countdown Series, who is the best Cougar to have worn the number 12. We'll also get to uh, an update. The transfer portal strikes again for BYU. We'll get to that here in a moment, something you guys will not find anywhere else on this except on this podcast. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar, guys. Built Bar has revolutionized the protein bar game once again, and I, I mean this sincerely. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market, bar none. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar. I can tell you that much. And they've just relaunched and re-imaged the whole thing around their Built Bars. And I am chomping at the bit myself, waiting to get those Built Bars in the mail. They're supposed to be coming here soon, and I can't wait to taste them. They are perfect for the health conscious guy or gal, no matter where you're at on your health journey. I'm a pretty husky gentleman. I've recently taken an under undertaken an opportunity to lose some weight here. Had a doctor say, hey, you got a few different things you need to get managing here and you need to lose some weight. Well, guess what? Protein bars have been a big part of that and Built Bar has been right there with me along for the ride. They are a delicious treat. They taste like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate. 18 different flavors, guys. If they don't have a flavor that tickles your fancy, well, you may be pretty picky there. I'm not going to lie. Go to BuiltBar.com. You can learn more about this company, a local company here in the state of Utah. But like I said, they are revolutionizing the protein bar game, and they are the best item on the market, the best protein bar on the market. Go to BuiltBar.com. Learn more about this company. And remember, use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when you stop by BuiltBar.com, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's some significant savings. It doesn't matter if you're a new customer or an existing customer who's ordered multiple times. Use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself $10, and it's a real easy way to get your protein bar game stacked up and jacked up. I tell you this much, guys. They are the best protein bars out there. I cannot recommend them enough. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On. Save yourself $10, and thank us later. All right, guys, as we wrap up a Wednesday edition of the show, let's get to our player countdown series. The number 12 is a pretty famous number in BYU football history. Two, or actually three great quarterbacks under Lavelle Edwards as well as Bronco Mendenhall's tenure wore that number and went on to starter uh, in multiple ways. Also had some great BYU baseball players and one of the best BYU men's volleyball pro players of all time and an Olympian, a three-time Olympian gold medal winner also wore that number. So let's run down our finalists here. We have former BYU first baseman slash basketball guard Doug Howard, former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian, former BYU middle blocker Ryan Millar, and former BYU quarterback John Beck. And I felt bad, but I felt like Gary Scheide deserved to be in the finalist group, but I had to cut it off as four, and I felt like Scheide just missed the cut. And it kind of pains me to do this on certain occasions, but we only have four finalists. Blame Twitter for not allowing us to have more than four finalists in these polls. But you can follow the show on social media, on Twitter in particular, at LockedOnCougars, and weigh in with your thoughts on the player countdown series each day with your votes. And it was a pretty tight one between the two quarters backs in this. John Beck wins the poll with 53.7% of the vote. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian with an even 40%. Ryan Millar checking in with 4.2%. And Doug Howard with 2.1%. And I figured it would go this way. I figured these two quarterbacks, speaking of John Beck, who's got one of the greatest plays in BYU football history in his back pocket, and also uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who has one of the greatest wins in BYU football history, period, in the Cotton Bowl, I figure it would come down to these two. And John Beck wins the poll. I am biased. I'm actually picking Steve Sarkeesian. I know that John Beck had monster numbers and was just a great player for BYU. 
But that 1996 BYU football team was one for the ages. Steve Sarkeesian, I thought, for everything that he wasn't in terms of a specimen that BYU's had, they've had other quarterbacks who have passed for more yards, have been a better athlete, have been taller, have been stronger, have been better looking, no matter what it is, by any metric, Steve Sarkeesian was not the preeminent athlete BYU's ever had at quarterback. But what he did in leading that BYU 1996 Cotton Bowl team was nothing short of masterful. Like I said, guys with bigger arms have played at BYU. Guys with better athleticism, none more so than Taysom Hill have played that position at BYU. But what Steve Sarkeesian did in 1996, and I guess also 1997 because it was the 1997 Cotton Bowl Classic that they won on January 1st, it won't be repeated anytime soon, I don't feel like. I'd like to see BYU football get back to being a national powerhouse, but I just feel like the stat, the deck is stacked so far against them at this point that hopes of them getting back to that level seem pretty far off. And that it's unfortunate to say that because it pains me as a guy who grew up as an ardent supporter of BYU, watch these great teams, especially the 1996 team, go on and put up that 14-1 record. It pains me to think that BYU may not get back to those heights ever again, but hey, a guy can dream, and I know all of you are dreaming of that being an opportunity for BYU at some point, but I am picking Steve Sarkeesian as the best quarterback to have worn the number 12. I know that may anger some of you guys because John Beck, like I said, one of the great moments in BYU football history with that pass to Johnny Harleen that we discussed yesterday, and also what he did just in terms of really uh, reviving a dormant team from what was the end of the Gary Croton tenure when he started games and just was all kinds of out of sorts, to leading that team to just heights that couldn't be imagined just a few years before. So I get that some of you are going to say, well, why in the world would you pick against John Beck, Jake? I'm biased. I'm a child of the 1990s. And that 1996 BYU football program means more to me than many teams that I support in terms of overall sports. Uh, that 96 team was just marvelous. And I'm picking Steve Sarkeesian as the best Cougar to have won the number 12. Like I said, feel free to disagree. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out the show at Locked on Cougars. Feel free to flame tweet me if you want at Jacob C. Hatch is my Twitter handle. And also feel free to email the show anytime. Locked on BYU at gmail.com. One final note before we go on today's show, when the transfer portal strikes again for a guy who is a repeat entrance, entrant, excuse me, into the NCAA transfer portal, and that, that is BYU linebacker slash running back Kuje Tapasoa. I broke the news a while back that he had decided to come back to the BYU football program after originally entering the transfer portal and opting to leave the program. Well, he has re-entered the transfer portal, and who knows what his future holds at this point. Uh, Kujay was a walk-on coming back to the BYU football program. When I talked with him, he was very excited to be rejoining the program, but apparently things have changed. He was not on the fall roster uh, that I saw when BYU announced it. His name was not on there, though it was there in the spring something has obviously happened and he's decided you know what my football career is better served playing elsewhere and I wish him nothing but the best as he moves forward here I would guess at this point having entered the NCAA transfer portal twice he probably is not going to come back to BYU and obviously I think his eligibility is almost out I think he was redshirt junior maybe even a senior in terms of his eligibility and obviously that's going to put a dent in his opportunities to play elsewhere but hey we wish him nothing but the best as he moves forward in his playing career, and hopefully he can find the right spot for him to contribute 
to a football program and finish out his career in fine form. So there you go. Kujay Tapasoa, Johnny Tapasoa for some of you, but I like to call him Kujay because that's the nickname he likes to call himself, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. That's a tidbit you will not find anywhere else except on this podcast. All right, that'll do it for a Wednesday edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, wherever you get your podcast. That way you never miss an episode of this show. Have a great day whenever you hear this. We will talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 26th, 2020.